Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. With an alleged 63,000 deaths taking place inside its walls, Waverly Hills Sanatorium is up to its eyeballs in ghosts. And not surprisingly, the site keeps topping the list of America's most haunted locations. Originally built as a tuberculosis hospital in 1910, the building saw many lose their life from disease. This was not the worst of it. Slowly, stories of mistreatment and dubious human experimentation trickled out. Patients who died left the premises in what was known as the death tunnel or the body chute. Waverly Hills Sanatorium is huge and is still a hotspot for ghost hunters who are seeking a spooky experience. Is this place haunted? We are pretty sure that if the walls of that place could talk, we would be horrified. So let's find out more about Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Hi, my name is Renata. And I'm Anne, and we welcome you to this week's episode of the True Hauntings Podcast. Anne and Renata have been investigating paranormal occurrences for the past 20 years. They have been at the center of various unexplained phenomena and have witnessed countless ghostly experiences. The duo now turn to high-profile cases that have attracted the eyes of the world. Between the dimensions we see and the dimensions we don't, supernatural forces are at play. Evil lurks within the shadows of our homes and in the darkest corners of our minds. It follows us like a shadow forever. This is where nightmares become reality. This is True Hauntings. And welcome back to the studio, Anne. How are you? Oh, what, look, before we even started today's episode, like we've both, we've both been working very hard. We've only just got back from Melbourne. And I thought, yeah, we're a bit tired, a bit run down. Don't know if we can find the laughs. We couldn't start the episode because I got the giggles. Yes, it didn't help that I listened to our last podcast in the car coming here just to catch up and make sure it was okay. And um, yeah, laughed so hard I could hardly see the road. <laughs> and the thing is, we record them and we're still laughing at them. I know. No, but I'm I'm not too bad. I've still got this lingering cough that's been going on for a few weeks now. 
But so I apologise for the coughing you may hear during this episode, uh, thanks to a certain person who's sitting across from me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we've just flew back from <coughs> Melbourne yes. last night. Yes, and uh, we're off again tomorrow to Norfolk Island. <laughs> And in between, we are recording an episode of True Hauntings. We researched and recorded the episode of True Hauntings. Yes. And uh, also Spooky Sundays. Yes. And I haven't even unpacked. No, why bother? Repacked. Yeah, why bother? Because I've just got a bag full of dirty knickers. (laughs) (laughs) And I've got jeans that are coated in mud. So I need to get them out. And um, Mm. oh, boy. I did my washing yesterday. It's all good. Oh, brag, brag, mm-hmm. brag. But we do have a sensational Norfolk Island uh, adventure coming up with two groups of beautiful ghost hunting adventurers yes. coming along. We're yes. meeting our first crew on Friday mm-hmm. and they'll be staying for the weekend. Mm-hmm. And then we say goodbye to them. Au revoir. Au revoir. And uh, we'll be on the island with a few people left. And then... Um, We've got a tarot show in the middle of the week. Yep. And then we've got our next lot coming, which is like awesomeness. Oh, yeah. Because that first tour sold out so quickly. Um, I think it was sort of like within a couple of days. Yes. Uh, that we said, well, why don't we just stay? Because we were staying for the week anyway to mm. do some work with Liz McCoy over in Norfolk Island. Uh, and we said, well, why don't we just change the flights and stay next to a couple of days and all those people who wanted to come who missed out mm. we can just hang there yes yep. <laughs> so we're sending the husband home poor old Roman will be sent home on the Friday plane and Renata and I will kick up our heels to the following Monday yes <laughs> oh, doing work of course oh work uh, yes just like we did in Melbourne we'll be working we said well, yeah we're gonna have five days in Melbourne that'll give us some time to get some work done mm, no <laughs> we did finish Bridgerton, though. We did. <laughs> we did binge watch season two. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. Boy. Oh, loved it. Loved Actually, it. anyway. Oh, I love the string quartet music to the modern songs. Oh, yes. Really... Very nice. Yeah. <sighs> Let's get on with this story. Oh, yes. It's an absolute hoot, this one. While on the historical tour, our group gathered close together while our guide directed us to focus our eyes on the ground. He told us to watch the light coming in from the windows and to sort of watch it for something to break the light, but not to look directly at it. Next, he asked for volunteers to walk down the long, dark hallway alone. Sam was the first one to go. He was told to turn back, face the group, and to walk back slowly. Several members of the group said they saw Sam's shadow on the left and some other mysterious shadow that was following him on his right side. One man yelled out, Jesus Christ, I just saw it! Several of the guys took this opportunity to walk down the dark hallway, taking turns one at a time, until finally our guide realised that no females had done it yet, so he started teasing us a little bit. I volunteered, or maybe Sam volunteered me actually now that I think back on it, to walk down the hallway beside another girl. Yes, my heart was about to beat out of my chest even though I knew I was safe. Even though I knew there was no reason at 
all for me to be experiencing any fear, I still felt it. There were about 15 people within a few feet of me, but still, I was so scared, I, I almost couldn't do it. That hallway is no joke. When the two of us turned to walk back, people were gasping. I am told that the two of us were seen walking with two shadows on either side of us and one in the middle of us. I didn't feel anything or sense anything while this was going on, but I will tell you that I didn't turn my head to look in either direction. I froze my head and line of vision to focus on walking back to Sam and didn't look back or to the side or anywhere else for that matter. I was very much acting like a horse with blinkers on. Once we made it to the stairwell, we were preparing to go up to the fifth floor and Sam said, Did you see anything with me? He replied, Yes, something was on both sides of you and something was in between you. Yep, surely did, but it didn't creep me out as bad as when I saw something just run right behind that girl. Suffice to say, I'm pretty much still glad I didn't look around, although I will be willing to go up there by myself in the light of day. Probably. Maybe. Now, I wish I could remember where I got that story from. I've got all my notes and things written down where I'd got my stories from, and now I can't remember where that one came from. So, that was not created by me. I have... uh, I got that from my research and copied and pasted and and read somebody else's story about attending Waverly Hills. Mm -hmm. But uh, interesting about the shadows. I have a theory on that, but Mm -hmm. uh, we'll get to that later. Mm. And there are a lot of books that feature Waverly Hills. There's a lot. Uh, You can get... Most of the information that we have or that we're going to present out of numerous books on numerous sites and, and so many, almost everyone's done it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's one of those spots where you kind of go, oh, I've done Waverly Hills. Oh, oh have you? So I've, have I. I've been to Waverly Hills. No, I haven't. But I want to go. I'd love to go. Oh, I still want to go, yeah. no matter what. I'd love to go. The building is massive. Yeah. And it's like this... These two big wings that sit out uh, on on the site and and seem to take over um, in its presence, so that you know you're overwhelmed. Yeah. How it would have looked to people coming in who were ill, I don't know. Whether it would have looked like some sort of cathedral you were entering and were going to be saved there. Yeah. Um, you know whether that was kind of the way it was is look. It was looking. I mean, it's barren around there now, so I don't, I don't know whether it had gardens, uh, whether it was attractive in some way. Oh, I can imagine it's it would have been very... Because it's just this building that sits there now yeah. and occupies the site. So tell me the history of it, Renata. Um, well, look, in the late 1800s, 25% of all deaths in the United States were through tuberculosis. And tuberculosis is a highly contagious and often very fatal, or used to be, a fatal lung disease. And it was characterised by lots of coughing, Uh hemorrhaging, fever and shortness of breath. Well, I've got one of those. Mm. 
Right. Does that mean I have tuberculosis? Mm, no, well, you need a chest X-ray to be able to say whether you've got tuberculosis oh, or not. Okay. And thank goodness um, it's not as prevalent as it was. It is still in some still countries. Around, yeah. yeah. Still very much in some countries. And uh, at that time in the early 1900s, Kentucky and the area around there, the areas around there were, um, they were experiencing a really warm and wet season. Oh, and, and just this, the way we like it. Oh, I know. Just ask Roman. But that, oh, <laughs> but that was the perfect breeding ground for uh, an airborne for bacterial babies. disease. You're like over the top of me. Tuberculosis. <laughs> Um, and the, tuberculosis literally ate away at the lung tissue of a patient. Oh, num, 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 yeah, num. really awful. So when Waverly Hills was built, it um, actually started off as a two-story wooden structure. And depending on what site you read, it was either um, occupied by anything from eight patients to 15 patients. So it just depends. Oh, it's little. On what, yeah, what you read. Uh, and it's kind of filled to capacity very, very quickly. Uh, it then became a, a larger facility and a larger facility and continuing to be a larger facility until it became a five-storey structure because of all the patients that were coming in. Five stories? Five stories of sick people. I think the capacity for it was 400 at the most. So they're all given a, a nice bit of space by the sounds of it. Mm. They weren't all crammed in on top of each other like what we saw in Ireland with the uh, the poorhouses. Yeah. So uh, it opened in uh, 1910. So by 1926, so 16 years later, the hospital had expanded to 400 beds. Mm. Now, because this was a highly contagious disease, uh, quarantine measures were required. And that was not only for patients, but for staff. So just like the Q station here at Manly, where if you have a, a contagious disease, you are locked down and locked in. Mm-hmm. Um, so Just like us. Yeah, so the, the staff were also locked in. And therefore, the whole area literally had to function within itself and for itself. So it ended up producing its own food. It raised its own animals and also ran a functioning post office. Oh, it's very own post office. Yes. I don't know where they were sending the letters to themselves. I mean, did someone pick up? The letters and how were they treated well, before? That that would have happened at Q Station as well, that they would have um, had mail that was going out. Mm. So I suppose bags just handed over. Oh. Ew. Oh. Okay. Now, it also featured a 500-foot-long tunnel, and that spanned from the first floor uh, of the building to the bottom of the hill. And this is where all the supplies were bought in. Supplies. <laughs> it's a new thing Renata and I have started. Every time we say we've got to get supplies, we get supplies. Yeah. Uh, and that was to keep the deliveries well and truly away from the patients that were in the hospital. In case they... <coughs> yes, yes, yep. Uh, but later it was used for something else. And we'll talk mm-hmm. about that in mm-hmm. a minute. Mm-hmm. So it was built on the first floor. Uh, and went through the whole building. The corridor was, or still is, 500 feet That's to the bottom long. of the hill. 
and has a set of stairs on one side. And these were the stairs that were used for the workers. Now, on the other side, there was a cart that moved up and down the staircase and that transported the supplies and other necessities. So mm-hmm. it was, yeah, the, the the workers would push this cart. The vernacular ra- railway, yeah, back really. Back and forth. Really interesting. Yeah. Now... What else was it used for? Now, this was what uh, Ooh, became known as the death tunnel or the body chute. Yes. Now, ladies and gentlemen, this is not a ride at Disneyland. No, no. You, did, you didn't want to qualify to get on this one. No, no. The hospital at that time saw at least one death per day. Mm-hmm. But at the peak of the disease, it was... Very, very unsettling for the other people within the hospital to see any patients being taken away because they had died. And this happens still today Mm. because, as you guys know, I've worked in aged care and um, they will distract the residents Mm Um, somehow or other, they'll either go and close the doors of the ones that they can or they'll um, put some sort of concert or a talk on somewhere uh, so that they can take the deceased out through the corridors or they have like a, a special exit that they try to get them to. But sometimes you just can't help. They've got to go through the corridors. Mm. And it's heartbreaking for them because they know that that will be them one day. Yeah. Yeah. It's their friends. So the tunnel was used not only to bring supplies in. Supplies! <laughs> but to take out those that had passed away from the disease. Uh, yeah. And it, it was also used, interestingly, in one of the um, places that I uh, was reading from as an area where staff would walk exercise. Oh, okay. Um, maybe have dalliances. I oh. don't know. In those dark tunnels down there. A little bit of a shoot in the shoot. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, they they kind of, the doctors and nurses believe that it would help the others not to see the dead being yeah. moved out. Yeah, because it uh, means they failed. Yeah. They want yeah. to give them hope. Yes. I also read somewhere that it used to be quite warm in there and it was a way for them to, like during the winters, to escape. That's um, true. Yeah, yeah, so they could not have to walk all the way around. They could come up through the tunnel where it would be a bit warmer. Yes. And um, they could get to work. Yes, yes. And look, there's there's a lot of information about the building itself, and I really don't want to go into that. Um, I, I guess I was more interested in what happened inside the building mm-hmm. um, and how they treated tuberculosis. And of course, in those early years, there was no vaccine. And so they tried a whole lot of different there experimental... No, more to the point, there was no antibiotics. Yeah, no antibiotics. Um, and so they, they tried all these radical and different ways of treating the disease, uh, which I, I thought was yeah, quite quite interesting. Oh, did you list some? Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear some. So the doctors often prescribed rest, yeah, fresh air mm-hmm, and sunlight. Mm-hmm. The problem was that people were getting sick all through the year. Yeah. So... I've seen photographs of some of the patients outside rugged up and snow falling on them. Or what? And they would stay outside the whole day in the snow falling on them 
because it's fresh air. It's fresh air. Oh, good God. So they didn't care whether it was cold. Oh, God, I know that with my asthma, if I get, like, in Melbourne, it was really cold in our bedrooms and the um, cold air sets off my asthma and mm. I start coughing. Well, there you go. Ooh. So in some, case, in some cases, patients had their lungs surgically resected or partially removed or collapsed in order to let the organ rest. So I don't know whether they stuck A them with something. They, they'd kind of rip them, whip them open, yeah. stick, stick one of the lungs in with something and, and let it rest. That- Hello? <laughs> I, I I don't know whether that was a good idea. Who thought of that? No, did you read about the percentages of success on that one? <laughs> no, I found the percentages of success. Oh, did you? Yes. Okay. 5% of people survived that. It normally killed them. Freaking hell. Well, if, like, yeah. And also, the people that are outside, did you um, read about the heated blankets? No. This is where the electric um, throw blanket was, uh, or the electric blanket was invented, because they realised that the patients were getting cold. They were freezing to death. They they used to get these heated blankets. Ah. So there you go, a little bit of trivia. Wow, interesting. It shows I did do some reading. Yes. We did throw this together very quickly. (laughs) So they also did exploratory and experimental surgeries. Uh, and they were apparently done on the fourth floor. So I, I wonder how um, how many ghost stories and things come from that fourth floor oh, the, and this those is, experiments yeah, were this being done. Yeah, this one is more like a um, – remember the Stanley Hotel, mm-hmm. which was another tuberculosis hospital? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a menu of ghosts. Wow. Now, apparently you could pay to have an operation – Right, so these people that went into these um, exploratory and experimental surgeries paid to have it done because there was a hope of success. Mm, well, I suppose if they did nothing, there was no hope. Yeah, so this was their best chance to live, so they would they would try it. So they did things like thoraxoplasty and artificial pneumothorax, yeah, which pneumothorax. were two procedures. Yep. Uh, the National Institutes of Health explains that thoraxoplasty uh, is a procedure where several ribs are removed in order to make the lungs collapse, uh, and that causes disfigurement. I wish you could see my face right now. Uh, yeah. Isn't that, isn't that's, that terrible? That's... Wow. And... Oh, and that it will also allow the lung to be able to expand better by yeah. removing the ribs that that um, because the ribs are holding everything in place and they must have thought, well, if they take those ribs out, mm-hmm. that will allow like a balloon. If you're blowing a balloon up, it'll allow it to expand further. That, yeah. That really doesn't make sense. No, well, so the idea was that if you remove the ribs over the diseased portion of the lungs, you could help preserve the functioning of the non-diseased areas. Mm. Who knows? Um, artificial pneumoth- pneumothorax is when the lung is manually collapsed using air. So that's the yeah. procedure we were talking about. So outside of these operations, uh, the treatments were very basic sun, food, air and rest and Waverley was thought of as state of the art Mm. at that time so they had sun lamps for heavy doses of vitamin D. Nice. There were surgical suites on every floor to offer medical help 
the rooms each opened into a hallway where patients could be wheeled in their beds in order to get fresh air. Uh, And fresh air was a welcomed friend to anyone with lung diseases, but also a fierce foe when that fresh air is colder than 30 30 (laughs) degrees Fahrenheit. Which is... (laughs) so That's got a very high shrivel factor, that temperature. Yeah. It was fresh air at all costs, even when it was snowing. That's just crazy. Apparently the windows uh, didn't have glass in them. They just had like a fly screen, essentially, uh, to stop the bugs coming in, but the air could come through. Wow, wow. And uh, I, I do believe it gets a bit chilly around there in wintertime. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so they had a stack of blankets on top of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and this would have been before, like, those electric throws yeah. were invented and, then and they can't, put on them. If it's across they, their chest, they can't, they can't breathe. <laughs> God, blimey. Oh, and then it, they, like they said, that if that didn't get you, if the cold didn't get you, then the constant coughing from 400 people would drive you slowly insane. Now, the interesting thing about it was that uh, they actually had an in a they installed an audio system, so in every room the patients could plug in headphones and listen to music wow. instead of their neighbours coughing. <gasps> How about that? Wow, Whoa. that is very state of that's, the art. That's isn't very it? fancy, isn't it? That's almost like being on the aeroplane and be able to put your noise cancelling headphones <laughs> on and not hear that. <laughs> For what was it, 16, 17 hours? 17 hours, yeah. Yeah, I was very grateful that I'd spent the money on my noise cancelling headphones. Yes, yep. Uh, So. Did did I make you lose your place again? No, it's all right. Okay. Um, So, this was all that they really had to fight the disease. It wasn't until uh, streptomycin was developed in 1944 that doctors actually had an antibiotic to fight tuberculosis. Yeah. Um, So what happened, of course, is that people got better and the hospitals the size of Waverly Hills were really no longer required. Uh, And so the remaining patients that were there were sent to a place called Hazelwood Sanatorium in uh, Louisville and Waverly Hills ended up being closed in June 1961. Now, the building reopened in 1962 as Woodhaven Geriatric Centre, and it was a nursing home for treating aged care patients with various stages of dementia and problems with mobility, uh, as well as those that were severely mentally handicapped. So you had one set of traumas laid down, and then you had a completely different set of traumas and it's really not appropriate having um like a 15 old 15 year old children young adults in an institution with dementia patients mm. just because they're they have uh, mental health afflictions or, mm. or uh, physical mm. things so that yeah mm. it still happens today now the problem with woodhaven was that they were very understaffed um and very overcrowded And I suspect that the sanatorium was set up to treat people with tuberculosis, not to be well set out for people who had dementia, aged care, 
and mobility issues. No. Cause so there you have an issue. Yes, because if that was open windows and things like that, they, they would be escaping everywhere, I'm telling you. Yeah. They're, they're, they're crafty buggers in the old age. <laughs> Let me t- they are waiting. And I remember because I didn't oh, realise. Oh, they're waiting for the doors to open they to go. They are waiting for those doors. Run. And they've got nurses on standby ready to go in and body block them yep. to, so they don't get out. Yep, yep. Because once they're determined, I have been hounded by a lady in her walker who kept ramming into my legs because she wanted to stand where I was standing. Yeah. It was was a little bit confronting. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So uh, it actually uh, closed up uh, in uh, 19... 82. 82, yeah. yeah. 1982. And then there was a developer called James J. Clifford Todd who bought the hospital in 1983. Now, hang on. Before we get on to Todd, wasn't there a lot of mistreatment of the patients in while it was as Woodlands Geriatric? Uh, and that was one of the reasons why it actually shut down because of the... Patient neglect. Yeah, yeah. claims of abuse. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Mm, Get on to the no. next dude. Um, yes, so in 1983, it was uh, bought by a developer, J. Clifford Todd, and he and an architect wanted to convert it to a minimum security prison, uh, but the developers dropped the plan after neighbours protested. Oh, they didn't want to have a jail next door. Oh, they, oh my God. Like, they, there was an aged care facility and it was an insane tuberculosis. Couldn't keep him in in the aged care so you can go with the jail. Just build a wall. Did I tell you that when we were driving around America we drove past where there was a prison and there was signs all along the side of the road saying do not stop the car. Um, under oh. at no circumstances stop your car in this area. Oh, um, you are to keep driving no matter what, and that if you um, get into difficulty and your car stops, to lock yourself in the car and call for help, because there was a prison nearby. Oh, and you could see it off in the distance. It was a fair way off, but if anyone got out, the first thing they're going to do is go and try and hijack a car. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that was interesting. Just thought I'd share a little bit of, I'm going to take you to America very soon. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, the people are beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. They are so um, friendly. Mm. Now, March 1996. Yes. Robert Albahaski bought Waverly Hills. Yeah. What happened? And he, what is with this? Like, what, this comes completely out of the blue. He wants to build a statue of Christ the Redeemer. What? <laughs> yes, he had he had a um, a foundation, Christ the Redeemer Foundation, and he made plans to construct the world's tallest statue of Jesus well, gee, on the this, site. This is weird because there is a tur- tuberculosis hospital up in the Blue Mountains, and that was bought by a consortium who wanted to build the biggest Buddha that has ever been seen oh. on this. <laughs> Oh, it was going to be a giant golden Buddha that could be seen for miles and miles around in the middle of the bush. Oh. Buddha in the bush. Mm. Buddha in the bush. Look at hashtag sacred, <laughs> hashtag sacred bush. Oh, and he wanted to also make an arts and worship centre there. Bless his soul. Oh, the ghosts would have liked yeah, that. Yeah, and look, the statue was inspired by the famed Christ the Redeemer um, on on the mountain in Rio de Janeiro. Oh, the one with the looks like a giant aeroplane. Yeah. 
his arms out. Well, he does. He looks like a glider. And he's he's standing there watching over. Judging. It's judgy Jesus. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Just poker again. <laughs> oh, I was going to say all of those poor people, the favelas and everything that is down there and the, the horrendous lives that those people suffer through and live. And there is this massive Christ the Redeemer going, here I am, yeah. come to me, children. Judgy Jesus. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've got Judgy Jesus and Buddha in the bush. <laughs> Now, the first phase of the development was going to cost $4 million. It's a bargain. Um, and that would have been a statue of 150 feet uh, situated on the roof of the sanatorium. Oh, God. <laughs> They'll give him a few extra horrendous. <laughs> oh, People get these ideas. <laughs> Who thought that up? Uh, And the the second phase would convert the old sanatorium into a chapel, a theatre and a gift shop. Oh, (laughs) you've got to have a magnet for that. (laughs) But this fell through. Oh, dear. Now I really want a magnet from Waverley Hills. Can someone send me one? (laughs) Uh, Yes, the project fell short uh, and everyone said, nah. That's like the Ark. What's the the, uh, Noah's Ark? Um, about Noah's Ark? No, please tell me. <laughs> if this is a joke, it's not going very well. No. They, they were going to rebuild. They were doing Noah's Ark land, I think. Oh, is this was... a theme park? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't think they got enough money for that either. I don't know have... whether it opened up or not. I'll have to have a look. Uh, are they going to have a pool of water out there with drowning unicorns? <laughs> <laughs> Let's scar the little kitties. <laughs> It took us half an hour, but we, we got into the wheezy. Uh, so after um, Alba Haskey's efforts failed, Waverly Hills was sold to Tina and Charlie Mattingly in 2001. Uh, and they started doing uh, ghost tours and inviting ghost groups there. I think there is an issue there with these this couple actually holding on to the site at the moment. Uh, and there has been a, um, a kind of a GoFundMe thing happening where um, people are, are petitioning um, for... To save it. Yeah, to save it. Well, I have a little bit of a story too about one of the ownership. Um, so they were saying that it changed hands. Uh, many times uh, but there was one owner who wanted to tear it down but it was stopped at the last minute because the property was on the National Historic Registers Endangered List. Mm-hmm. Uh, he decided that if he couldn't tear it down legally then he would do everything in his power to get it condemned. So he started to encourage people to come and vandalise it mm-hmm. uh, told them to break windows uh, porcelain sinks, toilets, doors they sprayed the walls with graffiti defaced some of the stone and wood then the owner dug a <laughs> Around the foundations in some places as deep as 30 feet. Wow. In the hopes that the foundation would then crack. And if that happened, he believed he could get the building condemned and would be able to legally tear it down. Uh, but his efforts failed and he gave up and sold the property in 2001. Mm. Wow. What an absolute t- 
country of a man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say the word, but you know what I mean. <coughs> yeah, wow. To, just because he wanted to develop it. Yeah. He's going to tear. And how much damage was done to that building? Yeah. That that could have been saved and then maybe turned partly into accommodation or mm-hmm. something like that for ghost hunters to come and stay at. Mm. Yeah. Selfish. Hoo-hoo. Yeah. So that kind of uh, does me. Um, I, you don't? I, yeah. I didn't get into uh, all the other stuff that, you know, you could tell about Waverly Hills, but I, I thought I'd sort of just run basically the, through the history because the more impo- the more important bit of this is the ghosts. I want to hear all about the ghosts. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Rightio, into the ghosts we go. So there's a little brief summary here that I'll I'll just read out, which I thought was quite cute. Um, there's rumours of satanic rituals. Mm-hmm. I can tick that box. Mm-hmm. Tick. Um, little girl moving on the third floor, playing hide and seek with trespassers, mm-hmm. trying to scare them. Little boy named Bobby, who likes to play with leather balls. Mm. Apparently only leather. Uh, rooms lighting up. When the building has no power, doors slamming, disembodied voices. It's it's got everything, you know, help me, save me, all that sort of stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, shadow people. But what I loved about this is that it ended up being like the Stanley, as I said, with a list mm-hmm. of ghosts. And I, I just wanted to go through some of them. So the main entrance to the building apparently... There is a ghost of an old woman seen there. Now, they think that this one is not from the tuberculosis hospital. They think that this is from the aged care facility. And if you read the description, 
then it makes sense. And it's it's a bit sad. Uh, sometimes she runs out the front door. Her hands and legs are in chains. Oh, dear. And spectral blood drops uh, are seen on her wrists and ankles ankles and she's crying out for help before she dissipates into thin air mm. now that that would make sense because uh you know fairly recently we've had laws passed that they can't restrain they're not allowed to physically restrain uh dementia patients anymore mm-hmm. but back then yeah they could yeah and look in saying that i've the sometimes with dementia patients it's um it's terrifying how they will fight and combat and uh, the nursing staff trying to hold them down and, and protect them from themselves. Yeah. Uh, they're stuck between a rock and a hard place, those beautiful people. Um, I, and it's such a cruel disease. Anyway, let me get on to now the third floor. Mm-hmm. Now, there's been a little girl that's seen there known as... <coughs> Mary. Mary. Mm-hmm. That's an original name, isn't it? Mm. She plays with the ball as well. Maybe we should introduce her to Bobby. They can play with each other's balls. <laughs> um, Roll them down the corridor. No, no, bouncing balls. Oh, bouncing We've balls, We've got bouncing yes. balls on, um, on the floor and down the stairs. Uh, but it's also been attributed to a little boy. But the little girl seems to be the spookiest. One witness said that he encountered a little girl who wasn't normal. He kept uh, saying that she had no eyes um, and was so terrified that this person refused to come back into the building again. And some people have seen children peering out of the third floor windows. Mm. So children. Lots of children. So would would have there been children in the tuberculosis hospital? I'd say so. They would have caught tuberculosis as well. Yeah, I suppose so. Maybe they had a specific area for the children to be. Yeah, apparently children have also been uh, heard chanting verses on the roof, such as Ring a ring a rosy, a pocket full of posies, a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. We know what that song's about, don't we? Yeah. So they said, why would children be on the roof this is a skeptical thing why would you see children on the roof that when the hospital was a tuberculosis facility children so they were there were taken to the rooftop for heliotherapy that was to see if they could fly off the roof i am joking uh which was a treatment of exposing uh the exposing them to the the healing fresh air rays of the sun Mm -hmm. so that's their vitamin d uh now we go to room 502 now this is quite a notorious room this one this is well known for a nurse that hung herself hanged Hanged herself? Hanged herself. Yeah, in this particular room. It's supposed to be the most frightening room of the whole place. Uh, People have jumped to their deaths from this room. Uh, They've had spectral images floating in the windows and there have been disembodied voices saying, get out. But the story um, about the nurse goes back to 1928 the head nurse was found dead in that room. She had hanged herself from the light fixture. No one knows why the 29-year-old woman would have taken her own life, but it's believed that she was unmarried and pregnant. 
It is unknown how long her body hung there for till she was finally discovered, and the county coroner's office attributed her death to suicide. Now, the other one that I read about her was that she may have contracted tuberculosis, Mm -hmm. and that's why she'd taken her life. Um, And there was another story I found that said there is actually no trace of anyone who hanged themselves in that room. Mm -hmm. So once again, we've got all these different stories and sort of similar themes, but can we can we find the real truth in 1932 another nurse who worked in room 502 supposedly committed suicide when she jumped from the balcony of the roof no one knows why now this this is another one in 502 witnesses have seen a full-bodied apparition of a female nurse in white and other people have said that it gives them an unsettling feeling of great despair in that room. And as you mentioned, we have the body shoot. Whee! Not. Just going back to the nurse, yes. um, you would think that they would find um, information about the deaths, that the deaths would have had to have been noted somewhere. Because this is fairly recent. This is not like it's back in the 1600s no. or 1700s. No. Um, I would need to dig deeper and find in yeah. more information on that one. Um, I'd probably have to go looking for newspaper reports or something and time constraints just haven't allowed me to dig that deep this time. Uh, so we've mentioned how the um, bodies were uh, sent down the chute for, um, to try and keep the morale up of those who were still left behind. So in this uh Oh, it was motorised rail too. I was wondering if they hand-pulled that up that hill, but thank God it was motorised. Um, voices are often heard along that passage. Mm-hmm. So I remember, I think it was Ghost Adventures or something, and they were down in there. Mm-hmm. But that that would be very echoey, and there'd be <clears throat> things that would be happening down the bottom that would echo yeah, all the way up through absolutely. the top. Yeah. Uh, then we have the cafeteria in the kitchen. Oh, the cafeteria. It's nothing like a spook in the kitchen. Yeah. A spectral man in a white coat and pants. Oh, why cook has been stayed oh, behind. He roams the area. Still making spaghetti. I think <laughs> meatballs. <laughs> What's that song? On top of spaghetti, <laughs> all covered with cheese. I lost my poor meatball when somebody sneezed. You heard that song, haven't you? Um... It rolled off the table and out the front door. <laughs> no? And, um, I'll, I, I'll, I, I'll sing it to you later. <laughs> I, I, have, uh, I have a slight memory of it. Yeah. And that was around when... You our, were not a girl guide ki- or a brownie, were you? Our kiddies were young, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember it ends up in some snow or mush or slush or something like that. Uh, but apparently also uh, the smell of food often wafts from the kitchen, mm-hmm. though there's been no meal served there since 1982. Mm-hmm. I reckon that's somebody there with their cup of noodles. They've, mm-hmm. they've cracked the lid <laughs> and that smell of fart goes everywhere. Oh, they've. Um, I did read somewhere that people also tend to smell be- uh, bread baking. <gasps> well, Fresh see, bread. That I could cope with. Yes. I'd like that. Fourth floor. 
some regards the the fourth floor is the most scary and the most active area of the hospital been many reports of ghostly shadow like people treading the halls in addition doors frequently slam for no apparent reason on this floor Mm. <laughs> no, that's a floor where all of those experimental surgeries went on. Ah, yes, yes. There are the reports of the doctors who are trying yes. to. I suppose they're, yep. they're figuring the patients are going to die anyway. They're close to death. Let's let's try something, mm-hmm. which is sort of terrifying. If that was your your relative, but how else are they going to work out what works and what doesn't? It's sort of a bit barbaric. Um, oh, now look, I, I little, I popped a little one in here. Now I've got to mention where all of these have come from because I, I was getting into books and all sorts of things. Um, UnderworldTales.com was one of my um, things there that I've got stuff from, and MysteriousTrip.com. Mm, Jeff um, Belanger's book was good. Oh, I didn't, haunted, I didn't get yeah. to, I got two copies of that. But I didn't even get mm. to that one. Um, so now we're going to the Ghost of Timmy. Yeah. Little Timmy. Uh, He's going to tell a rude joke, no doubt. Uh, He was supposed to be a six or seven-year-old child who died at the hospital from tuberculosis and has not yet moved on as he died with his whole life ahead of him. Baby. That's so sad. Visitors bring toys and balls for him to play with. Many of them have seen balls. These balls are very active in the the Waverley. Um, Balls moving independently, but the sceptics say it might have been a case of wind or uneven floors. And I can imagine it would be. Yes. Uh, I'd I'd like to try my flashing balls there and see how they go. Mm. This is a funny one. Uh, A guard apparently saw a floating head. Oh no! Just a head. Just a head in one of the rooms late night. Um, I wonder if it belongs to the balls. Uh, yeah, we won't go there. Apparently, he screamed and rushed downstairs, where he passed out. Oh, I would have too. He was so terrified, he never came back. Ugh. I don't know. What would you do if that happened to you? If you saw a disembodied head coming towards you? Yeah, you'd freak out. You'd freak out. I don't know. I'm such a curious sod that I think I'd just stand there and go, what the duck? I don't know. I, I... <sighs> mm. um, so, again, there's been uh, lots of light seen within the building, even though there's no electricity, there's no glass left in the, the windows to... Well, there wasn't glass to start with. Um, well, maybe, I don't know, after the, the Ma- tuberculosis. Yeah. <clears throat> Tuber- tuberculosis patients left. They might have put some glass I'd in for the so. poor for old the pensioners. Elderly, yeah, um, it would have been cold. Uh, there's, then one security guard thought he saw the distinct flicker of a television screen on the on the third floor. He went upstairs to investigate, but there was nothing there. Hmm. Um, now, we, we all know um, how much I love... Psychic Tales. Yes. So there was a lovely lady, called, and this almost became our soundscape, called Marie St. Clair. And this is her psychic investigation. I'd just like to read the report to you because I think it summarises it all very nicely. Okay. I can't tell you how much this building bothered me during the course of my investigation. I spent a whole day studying photos of Waverley in order to connect, and I made a very strong psychic connection. At first I was fascinated with the place, but as I started to connect on a deeper level, feelings of despair and anger surfaced and quickly began to overwhelm me. 
Suddenly I found Waverley repulsive. It caught a definite through, though temporary, sorry, it caused a definite, though temporary, mental change in me. I can't say that there's necessarily something evil there, but I did pick up on a lot of bad feelings and mental anguish, which was so strong that they made me physically ill and nauseous. I had that much of this pain come not from the tuberculosis era, but from the geriatric era of the hospital, though certainly the TB deaths have left their mark as well. I doubt that I could go there in the flesh. I don't know if I could bear the overwhelming emotions that pour from this building. There is an old woman. So this is all based on photos. Mm -hmm. There is an old woman in the building with blood and metal cuffs on her arms. She most often inhabits the lower levels of the hospital near the entry. Someone she loved took took her to the hospital, a son or a daughter perhaps, long before her death and for whatever reason abandoned her. She's still waiting for that person to come and rescue her, to take her home. But of course, that will never happen. That's so sad. Now, remember I mentioned... She got this from photographs. So, what came first? Was it this lady's report of the ghost? Uh Uh-huh. Or was it people have seen that ghost and she's either psychically picked up on it or read a post Mm -hmm. about it? Mm Mm-hmm. This this is where I get confused. She still goes. She has such a great description. She's thin with long grey scraggly hair, large expressive eyes. Sounds a bit like you, Renata. Oh, mostly. She's a, she's. I'm gonna get hit. She is a patient of the geriatric hospital, not the TB hospital. She was treated badly and felt like a prisoner. The chains and blood are symbolic. However, the staff often restrained her to the point where her arms became raw and bloody. Ah. In addition, she was often cold, not fed well, and allowed to lay in her urine for long periods of time. I'm not sure what was wrong with her other than old age and possibly dementia. Dementia? Her soul is in pain and not at rest. She does not grasp that in death she is free. She is still living the nightmare of her confinement in the hospital and is seeking help. You can help her by praying for her. Hmm. And you know what? When we say praying, we don't necessarily mean Christian. Christianity. Mm-hmm. Any prayer, mm-hmm. any thought of goodwill yes. is a prayer. Yes, that is perfectly said. Yep. Now, this that she's going on about the now room 502, a uh, story of two nurses supposedly killed themselves. She said, I only saw one nurse, very attractive, dark-haired, shapely and young, associated with that room. It doesn't mean that there isn't another, only that I didn't pick her up during the brief investigation. The nurse went about her duties but with burdened uh, but was burdened with feelings of great despair and hopelessness that she hid from everyone, feeling that no one would understand her plight. Some of the negative energy affecting her came from the environment, from the isolation in working there. I don't know if she was pregnant, nothing I saw suggested it. Mm. So she has read the stories. She's she's saying there's there's two stories of nurses there. Mm-hmm. She only saw one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what came first, the cart or the horse? Um, but it's true. 
Like even now in this pandemic we've had, nursing staff have suffered dreadfully oh, from seeing yes. um, loved ones separated from their families yep. and not being able to be with them when they die and the anguish of it all. So I get that. Yep. I get how that's a possibility. She just goes on here. Is she one of the nurses who reportedly killed herself? I think so. I believe that someone jumped from the roof when the building was used as a sanitarium. I never saw a hanging in my vision and I never actually saw this nurse kill herself, nor did she reveal that to me. But it's likely from the feeling of gloom and despair that I picked up from her that she's the one who jumped from the roof. The anguish she carried was just too heavy to bear. She felt cornered with no way out. To, to learn more about her, I would have to try another connection and focus entirely on her, on her something I'm not anxious to do considering the negative effect the hospital had on me hmm. so I thought that was a really nice um, the, the way she's reported on that it was really nicely done mm-hmm. now I just wanted to discuss something that we mentioned in the opening that was the soundscape about the shadows mm-hmm. and this was a historical tour not a ghost tour mm-hmm. And um, they were walking along the corridor and then another shadow seemed to join them. I Have you ever been somewhere where you've cast two shadows? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. So the way that happens is that you've got two light sources. You'll have one, maybe the sun coming from the outside and it will cast a shadow. And then you can even get, if you've got a white wall to the side of you, that sun can bounce off that and then cast cause another shadow to fall on the other side Mm -hmm. so um it was particularly when they said there was two people that walked down at the one time and they had one on either side of them and one one in in the the middle middle. and that's where i went yeah i reckon that there's two light sources and that's what caused that but was what a great thing to use for ghost tours yeah freak people out I found in another blog post, now this was from PortsmouthDailyTimes.com, a story about, I think it must have been a journalist or something that went and visited and stayed. There was another story they told about a spirit known as the Creeper. Now this is something that walks on all fours and by the sounds of it is not um, restricted to floor level Mm -hmm. so uh they're starting at the bottom of the door and saw something come crawling at me uh brown and white bigger than a dog to this day they still have no idea what it was now this person has been quite skeptic in their report up to this moment in time they jumped probably about five feet in the air um and were about to run uh but then they sort of calmed themselves down, but it, it disappeared. So um, this is, yeah, I've heard of different things like that where there's these energies that reside in these places. So, Renata, what would you think that would be? Oh, she's rolling her eyes at me. I have no idea. Do you think it could be like a thought form? Where people, because we've got ghost hunters coming in all the time from these places, or is it one of the, um, the, they said there were people there other than aged care with other um, problems. Mm-hmm. Mental illness. Mental illness. Mm-hmm. And that if they're still there in death, 
they've got the freedom to go and do whatever they want. And if they were, because I know that Monte Cristo, there was um, a child, a young man that was locked up by mm-hmm. chains because he thought he was an animal mm-hmm. and used to carry on like an animal. So is this something residual or is it something that could be elemental? Um, or is it something Native American? I don't know. I don't know either. I would really like to see something like that so to wrap my... Because I get so logical with my thoughts with this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people who are um, allegedly, uh, I, I guess, you know, they're told they have a mental illness, um, have the same sort of... Uh, things happen to them and and visualizations and everything as someone who would be seeing or being taken over by a spirit or mm. some sort of entity. So uh, is it something left behind from uh, like a disassociation of their their the the character or the personality of that entity? Yeah, that's, that's that was been part left behind their... when the body that they were occupying is now gone. Yeah. That would be really worthwhile, sort of having a, a sort of dig around and learning more about that. Because mm-hmm. I know there's one of the other shows. Um, is it Amy Allen? She sees these shadow figures and weird things as well. But America is a place that we need to go and investigate, or at least start investigating for you. Yes. Um, but that that sort of brings us to the end. That's like an hour in. We've we've. Um, sort of waffled on a bit there sorry about that guys um but we we did get the judgy jesus and the buddha in the bushes that was a good giggle uh renata is this location haunted oh look i would say it is i would absolutely say it is uh, um <clears throat> well, certainly got all the elements there for layering down the trauma and um, anguish and heartache and unfairness and um, lostness and everything. Yeah, yeah. And like we were talking about in that, the even the end uh, where you were talking about the shadow figure, um, you know, shadow, shadow entities are, you know, parts or slithers slices of ourselves that we leave behind these these shadowy bits that we have you know um disengaged with you know do do they on their own stay waiting for somebody else to occupy we've locked our dark shadow self away So, mm, very interesting. I want to I'd go. I'd love to go there. Will you come there with me? Oh, absolutely. All right, let's do that next year. 2023, we're going to go. If it's still available. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode of True Hauntings. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review. Share it around with your friends. Help us grow our little, little community. And if you would like to say thank you, you can also become one of our Patreon which then helps support us keep doing the work that we are doing. So you can find us on Patreon, Anne and Renata, and we would be eternally grateful. You can join our Grand Pooh Bar family. They're the ones that have the most fun. And, and if look, if you've been to Waverly Hills, uh, and we know we, we, have, yeah, we, we, know we have a, a lot of listeners uh, in America, if you have been to Waverly Hills, send us a message. Yeah. Let us know what you discovered there or what you encountered. We would be fascinated share for it. you to share it with us. On our end, Renata Frightfully Good family page. Absolutely. The, the, the group. The yep. group. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you next week's episode. In the meantime, stay spooky. And see you on the dark.
dark side. Thank you for listening to this episode of True Hauntings. If you like the show, give us a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening right now. For more on Anne and Renata, follow at Anne and Renata on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Or visit their website, www.anneandrenata.com. True Hauntings is a part of the Human Labs Podcast Network. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.